0: Welcome to Harrison Church. We're glad that you've joined us today. This week's podcast is sponsored by Beds Equals Dreams. Join us for a a Build-A-Bed event on September 23rd and 24th to build 60 beds over two days for an elementary school in Lancaster. To sign up, click the link in this episode's description or you can visit us online at harrisonchurch.org. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from Pastor Shane Page. What a perfect segue to what we'll be talking about uh, today, but uh, before I go into uh, what we're going to be discussing, just let me thank you for coming today. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. We believe God has sent you here, and I just want to, to say what a privilege it is to, to stand here in this place every week and to be able to, I pray that God will say something to you through my words. Um, you know, we've been doing a series on the Beatitudes of Jesus for these last few weeks, and I was thinking this week about something that a colleague in ministry of mine, I worked for him, his name is James Howell, and he was a senior pastor at my previous appointment, And I remember he said that uh, St. Francis of Assisi, how many of you ever heard of St. Francis of Assisi? Okay, most of you. Uh, Something that he would do is that right before, every once in a while, he would go into a great city, he would stand on his head, and then he would look at the big buildings and the cathedrals from this inverted point of view. And the reason that he would do that is because the buildings did not seem so impressive when viewed upside down. And so we've been doing this series on the Beatitudes for the last uh, three weeks. I think this is the fourth week. And what's funny is that if you look at them and study them as we've been doing, it's as if Jesus is preaching while standing on his head. Everything is inverted. I mean, he has said things so far like blessed are the spiritual zeros of this world, not the spiritual giants. He says blessed are those of you who mourn and who grieve, not who are strong. Last week it was blessed are those of you who are meek. For they shall inherit the earth. And so today, man, it's just a great segue. We're going to be talking about the very next thing that Jesus said. Does anybody know? I can do this in the contemporary service. Anybody know what was the very next thing Jesus says? Blessed what? Okay, good. I'm glad we're preaching on this. Blessed are those, he says, who hunger and who thirst for righteousness. So that's going to be our topic. Uh, What I did is I tried to think of a text that would kind of support... The blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness. So I'm going to be reading to us uh, this morning from John chapter 6. And I'm going to invite you to stand as you are able for the reading here of of God's word. John chapter 6. Now the next day, what happened the day before is that Jesus just fed the 5,000. Okay, so this is right after this has happened in verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. That was the multiplication of the loaves. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, and if you go to Galilee, it's the Sea of Galilee, the other side is actually called the other side to this day. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Now watch what Jesus says. He says, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. You got a meal. 5,000 people more showed up. Whenever Jesus feeds people, including the church, man, they come. That has bombed twice now. But then Jesus says this. He says this. Do not work for the food that what perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on Him that God the Father has set His seal. And Then they said to Him, the crowds, well, what must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, well, this is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He has sent. And so they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? I mean, they just saw the multiplication of the loaves. What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven. And gives life to the world. Well, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, you may be seated. Blessed are those who hunger and and thirst for righteousness. Kind of odd, not as odd as maybe blessed are the meek, but it is kind of odd if you think about it that none of us would ever really think of the condition of hunger and thirst to be blessed. Now, we kind of have come to the place in our lives where we just expect that every, every craving we have must be satisfied. Now, you know, every craving must be assuaged. Every itch has just got to be scratched. I don't know, blessed are those who thirst and hunger. But, of course, you know, we know that Jesus is talking about a particular kind of hunger and thirst. What we're going to be talking about is, is he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness. So I've been spending all week thinking about, well, you know, what does that mean, righteousness? I do think that when Jesus first said to the congregation, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he did not say those who become hungry. He just says those of you who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness right now, blessed are you. I do think that it would have had a double meaning, that sentence, for his audience. I think it's got a double meaning for us today. And I'm going to try to touch on both of those meanings, knowing that we're, we're going to have some food today. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to try to touch on each one of those. Righteousness, righteousness has a double meaning. I mean, righteousness, if you, th- if you research most of the scripture, particularly the Old Testament, whenever you come across the righteousness of God, that statement, it usually just means, you know, not necessarily the moral character of God, but they were referring to his faithfulness, God's faithfulness, God's holiness, God's Glory, all right, that's what the righteousness of God or righteousness usually refers to. It refers to the things of God. So, So, when Jesus pronounced this benediction over the people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, what he was saying is that, you know, blessed are those of you who right now have this insatiable hunger for God. Blessed are you right now if you have a, such a deep craving for God. And blessed are those of you who do not want that craving for God ever to be satisfied. So that's, that's what Jesus is blessing right here. Uh, in the sanctuary services, uh, we're going to read also from another text. And if you've got your Bible, you can look at it uh, a little later. Not now, I'm preaching. But Psalm 84, we're looking at Psalm 84, and it's a beautiful psalm. and, And the second verse of the psalm, the psalmist says this O Lord, my soul longs, indeed it faints for the courts of the Lord. You ever heard that? My soul longs, yearns for the courts of the Lord. And what I'm doing in the sanctuary, and I'm trying to do here now, is that we, would, we could translate that as saying something like this. Oh, Lord, I am hungry. I am thirsty to be in the place of worship. Or I am hungry to come to church. And I'm having fun with that. Because, right, I mean, how many of us, like, really are hungry, thirsty? To come to church, you know, to come to the place of God. I mean, we come, we, you know, we, we get our hour in and, you know, go enjoy the rest of our day, and, and I'm glad that you are here. You know, a lot of us, you're, you, you wake up in the morning with your spouse, and your kids are grumpy, and you say, well, should we go this morning? I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, you know but, but, but are we hungry? I like, think about that. What would it be like to, I am yearning, I am longing to be in the place of worship, right, to, to be at church with my God. Now, we're hungry, though, now. We we all got hungers in here. We're just kind of hungering for what Jesus says for the food that perishes, that doesn't last. I mean, we can have some fun with this. Like, what what are you hungry for right now? You know, it's left to me to be kind of general. I mean, some of us right now, you're hungry. I don't know. <laughs> you're hungry for the new NFL season. Ooh, <laughs> right. We're we're hungry for some retirement. It's coming. I see it. Or we're we're hungry for ah, you know, some diversion, uh, some leisure. We're, we're hungry for cash flow, uh, you know. But I mean, really, what are you hungry? Are you hungry for God? Because Jesus says, man, if you're, if you're hungry for God, you're longing for God, man, blessed are you. You know, and I was thinking about how, you know, the Bible, especially the New Testament, does call us to be satisfied and content. It does. But it says that we should actually be satisfied and content with our material things. It's like, you know, Paul will say something like, you know, be content with the things that you have or don't try to get rich quick, you know, pursue wealth because then you'll fall into a trap. Like we should be content, the Bible says, with our material things. But we should actually be, based on the Beatitude, very discontent with our relationship with God. We should not be satisfied with our relationship with God. But most of us, we're not standing on our head. We, don't, we flip-flop that. We're, we're mostly content with our relationship with God. Went to church today. I'm good. But we're very discontent with our standard of living. And we got to somehow flip-flop this. I mean, are we hungry Ooh, for God? And we don't ever want that to be satisfied. I was working on my sermon this week, and just as I was working on it, it I, I was immediately reminded of a comment that a pastor friend of mine received from a family In his congregation, who had stopped uh, worshiping, Uh, they did not come as regularly, and uh, other people in the church were doing this, and so the church decided to do a survey about worship. Now, I got to tell you, man, surveys in church can be risky business. I didn't say this at 830, but I can only think of one worship survey in all the Bible, and that is when Aaron, remember back in the desert, said to the people, what should we do for worship? And they said, let's make a calf. But anyway, he sent out the survey. And there was a family who responded on the little notes section. I don't, I hope this is okay for me to read, but I'm gonna share with you what they said. And this is word for word, what they said. All right, they said, We have decided not to worship regularly because it is not relaxing or enriching. Instead, We make sure to have a special family breakfast now on Sunday mornings. Usually, scratch made oatmeal pancakes with berries eaten in our jammies. Now, that's enriching family time. That is pathetic. And I say that because where's the hunger? You know, like, where, where is the, the hunger for God, right? Blessed are those who hunger for God. That almost sounds counterintuitive, and this has become, if this is your first Sunday, this has become my theme. I did not intend this to become the theme. It's just kind of arisen out of this study. Uh, and my theme has been, you know, we expect God to fill us. Like, this is what we think God's job is, is to fill our lives when we're really what God does is He wants to empty us. That's kind of been my theme. I guess I'll say it again next week. I don't know. But if you think about hunger, Even physical hunger, it's an emptiness, right? It's an emptiness. You you are empty. And Jesus says, blessed are those who stay empty for God. For God shall fill them. But Jesus is speaking here of a different kind of filling. Jesus is actually saying the filling you will receive from God is actually a greater hunger and thirst for God. Like the hunger for God. The thirst for God is the filling by God. It's a paradox. It makes no sense to us. We kind of get it wrong, right? God, it is your job. I'm, I'm praying to you. Fill my desires. Assuage all of my cravings. And, and that's not the case at all. Here is, here is the reality. And you know this from experience. People who are close to God in your life. I mean, in church tradition tells us this, the great saints. And it's this. Here's the reality. That the closer you draw to God... When you have tasted the true presence of God, your response is always more, 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 more. Lord, I want more, I want more. You never say, I'm good, I'm good. If you are in the presence of God, the closer you are drawing to God, the more of God that you want. And that desire just will not stop. I mean, God is infinite, right? God God is infinite. He has... An infinite capacity to give us more of himself. Infinitely. I can do this forever for you. And it just so happens that you and I in our souls, we have the infinite capacity for more. And that is why I've always said that the marketers of today are profound and excellent theologians. We don't give the marketers enough credit for this. They know the human condition. They know that you and I are always desiring something. We have the infinite capacity to want more and more and more and more that never runs out. We are desiring creatures. A part of what it means to be human is to be a desiring creature. And the thing is, it's not like we desire the thing. We don't necessarily desire like the thing. Here's what they know. They know that we desire the desiring of the thing. You following me? We actually desire to desire. And, and the thing is, is that we, we desire... food that perishes and we we know this stuff kind of weighs us down It, it hollows us out inside but jesus is actually saying blessed are those who hunger for god blessed are those who desire to desire god because god created them and god created you to desire the desire for god and if you desire the desire for god that is the experience of god and you are blessed because you have found your heart's true desire because you were created to desire the desire for God. And the great saints, man, you know this in yourself. When you, when you know you've been in the presence of God, you just say, more, more. I'm hungry for more. And I said this. I need to move on. <laughs> I said this a couple of months ago. I do think it's worth repeating um, today. But A couple of months ago in a sermon, I said this, and I think it fits today, is that You and I right now, we have as much of God right now as we want. I mean, if you only want a little bit of God in your life, God will give you just a little bit. But if you crave, if you hunger for more, God will give you more. The experience of God for which you hunger right now is the experience of God you will get jesus says blessed are those who never say enough blessed are those who long for more of god they'll get it and you'll get it too okay i gotta I gotta move on um, so righteousness that's the first meaning so if and i'm gonna get to the second meaning of righteousness if you know jesus says we're blessed if we hunger for god then here comes the second meaning then that also means that if you hunger for God and God's righteousness, there will come a time in your life when you are actually going to want to see the world around you reflect God's righteousness. In other words, if you, in your soul, you desire to be holy yourself, to be filled with God, which is actually you're desiring more of God, you are actually going to want to see everything around you to be holy as well. The word righteousness that Jesus uses in this beatitude refers to God. It can also refer and is translated as justice. Now, some of you actually have in your Bibles, it says, blessed are those who uh, hunger and thirst for justice. And by justice, that word means God's justice. Blessed are those of you who thirst for God's justice. Now, I'm going to kind of give you a sneak peek of what we're going to be doing in about three weeks. I'm going to attempt to do another sermon series. I'm nervous about it, though, because it's, it's, it, it could be tough. I was going to do a sermon series on these characters in the Bible that we never really talk about or even read their works. We call them the minor prophets. Have you ever heard of minor prophets? You know, these are the prophets we never think of. We never name our children after, like, Habakkuk. Ooh. You know. And I was thinking, like, well, what do they have to say? Let's, let's read some of these minor prophets because they're actually major in a lot of ways. And one of the things that they talk about over and over is this righteousness, this kind of uh, God's justice. And, and what they mean by God's justice, this is, the, this is the preview. I'll say it again. But what they mean by justice is not like you get what you deserve and I get what I deserve. What they mean is, is God's justice is that everybody can experience the abundance of God. Like everybody can experience the world, creation, and they can all flourish in it. It doesn't mean everybody has the same But everybody should be allowed to flourish in it. And that means God's justice would require that no one be mistreated. You know, no one not have enough. And and so what Jesus is saying is, is like, blessed are those who hunger for God, yes, but who crave for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done on earth now as it is in heaven. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. We talked a lot about Wesley this year. I, I realize I'm probably wearing you out with John Wesley, but he had a notion of holiness. And he says that holiness, when we talk about that, always has to have two forms. On the one hand, there's the personal holiness. This is you. I'm, I'm praying. I'm trying, to, uh, I'm trying to devote myself to God. There's the personal holiness. But, but personal holiness, Wesley said, can never come without social holiness. So if you desire to be holy, then that means if you really become holy, you will desire the social world to be holy as well. You will want the laws, the institutions, all the things around you to reflect the goodness of God. And there were a ton of people in Wesley's day, preachers, other churches, who would say things like, you know, this is the 1700s, 1800s, like, hey, you know, I know slavery may not be such a bad idea, it may be a bad idea, but... um, It's the state, man. Let that be the state's problem. We'll just come to church and we'll just focus on our personal holiness. But it was the Methodists who were among the first to say, "Uh uh-uh, slavery's a scourge. It's not going to be in God's kingdom when God's kingdom comes into this world. Therefore, the Methodists were the first to fight for its abolition. Child labor laws. The Methodists were the first to fight against it. Why? Because they knew that to be holy personally, to crave God yourself, requires that you crave God's will to be done all around you socially. This is why we are attempting to build 60 beds at the end of this month for children in our area who do not have a bed. We cannot do it without your help. We really need you. I'm encouraging you to sign up for a shift. And why are we doing this? We're doing this because God's justice requires that no child be without a bed. we got a backpack ministry here, and every week people drop off food for these backpacks. And and people come, and they take the food that's donated, and they put them into school backpacks. And then we take those backpacks to area schools for children who, without their school, they don't have anything to eat. It's a lot of food insecurity. Why are we packing backpacks? Well, the theological reason is because God's justice requires it. Because no one in God's world, no child especially, should go without a meal. We're getting ready to start room in the inn. It's coming. Once a week, we host homeless people, our neighbors we give them a warm place to stay and you want to know why we do it? it is because God's justice demands that nobody be left out in the cold and the thing is if you are satisfied with the way things are if you kind of like the world as it is if present arrangements are kind of working for you you, you can't get blessed by Jesus Because Jesus blesses those who are hungry for holy change. Jesus blesses those who want to see the status quo become inverted and where God's reign begins. And and, and I want to be close to that. I, I want to be blessed by Jesus. And if I want to be blessed by Jesus, I don't want to get too cozy and too comfortable. And those who are hungry for God... They will demand holy change. So blessed are those. You know, we, we're going to come uh, to the table. Let me move this out of the way for a second. You know, I was thinking about this as we were getting ready to come to, the, to eat this. And if you've ever had communion in the church, you know that you only get a small piece of bread. And you just get a little bit of, little bit of drink. And I was thinking that maybe maybe Jesus has ordained it this way because... By, by giving you just a little bit of bread, maybe you'll be hungry for more. And then you'll leave hungrier than when you came in. Hungrier for God and hungrier for the world as God wants it to be. So I will tell you this. My hope for you today as we bless this bread and, and come is that you will leave here and you will not be satisfied. That you will have an ache in your soul you will hungry for God, hunger for God, and hunger for His justice, His mercy, to reign over the world around you. So bless Lord, these gifts that we have received. pour out your holy Spirit on them and on us gathered here, that they may become for us now the true bread of heaven, the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other and to all the world. And help us hunger and crave our Lord without stopping until Christ comes in final victory and we finally feast together at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information on classes, upcoming events, or how to get involved, visit us online at HarrisonChurch.org.